Welcome back to episode 111 of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And before we were recording here, we were doing our mic test checks. (laughs) And I was going... Whopper, 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 whopper. And then you were going. Chicken, 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 <laughs> chicken. And then we have kind of this ongoing um, back and forth banter between Jess and I about how garbage the chicken at Burger King is. Just the chicken? Uh, they got some stuff there that's right. No, the burgers <laughs> are gross. Like if I'm going to get anything, I'm going to get the chicken, but it is still... it's. It's trash. It's, it's trash. straight garbage. And when I, <laughs> you were commenting on the chicken and, and happened to hit this drop. Well, it's not very good, is it? <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> so that's a little behind the scenes peek of what we were doing before we started recording. And it was so funny, to me at least, that I start, decided to carry it over to the official recording. So there you go. There you go. A little peek behind the scenes. A little peek behind the curtain. Ooh, the magic. Like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Uh, you just got done reading a Wizard of Oz uh, adjacent book. Yes, Finding Dorothy. It was for book club at, at uh, the library. You say, and you say it in... And like, in my defense, <laughs> I did not choose to read this book. Finding Dorothy, she said in a condescending tone. <laughs> it was fine. It's fine. It's a little weird, but it's fine. Just not something I would have chosen to read on my How own. many stars? Two. Out of five? two? <laughs> <laughs> so Jennifer would have given it a six out of five, probably, because yes. she loves everything. Yes. Well, we love everything here as well. Uh, we're continuing our journey here through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Talking about Chapter 18 today. Something that's very near and dear to your heart, Dumbledore's Army. Yeah. Got a little DA decal on the back of my car. Mm-hmm. It's starting to get a little uh, weathered, though. Might even make you a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my stickers are looking a little rough. A little worse for wear. That's okay. We got a cricket. We can we can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, before we start recording here, we'll remind everybody that I am going to be in Springfield, Missouri uh, as we record this in a couple weeks. I believe that's February 11th. Yep. I'm going to be there. Uh, Missouri Comic Con, February 11th and the 12th. Uh, there's going to be uh, a Harry Potter trivia panel hosted by yours truly at uh, 145 on Saturday, February 11th. So get your tickets at MissouriComicCon.com. And if you're listening to this in 2025, uh, it went great. It was awesome. But... You didn't go yet. But they're listening to this in 2025. It's already happened. I know that, but you don't know. God, I hate time travel. I hate it so much. (laughs) I just hate just any, just even the the talk of it. I just hate it so much. But I'm going to be there. Uh, The esteemed Ken Rhino Esquire is going to be there signing cans of Diet Coke. (laughs) For uh, loyal fans. Empty cans, because he will... Uh, yeah, it. he'll pound it and then sign it for you. And uh, my brother Andrew will be there, too. I don't know what he'll sign. The Rhino Household Slytherin. Yeah. Well, two of the Rhino Household Slytherins, because I said my dad's going to be there, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> two Slytherins and a Hufflepuff hosting uh, Harry Potter trivia there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. You won't be there, though, because you don't like fun stuff. <laughs> 
I have to work. Uh-huh. I could trade. And you also can't stay in Andrew's but house. But I can't stay in Andrew's house. Because he has cats. Because he has multiple cats. And you're severely allergic. Yes. But I'll be there. I'd come have to come say hi car. to me. I'm going to have so many prizes. I'm going to have uh, prizes for the winners. going to have prizes for door for just participating for door prizes. I'm going to have free t-shirts and free buttons and free bookmarks. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. So MissouriComicCon.com. But before we talk about chapter 18, let's talk about chapter 17, uh, what we talked about last time. Educational decree number 24. There's a new rule saying that all student groups, clubs, and teams are immediately disbanded. And if you want to make a new club or reform an old one, you need direct permission from Umbridge. Harry, Ron, and Hermione think this is directly related to their intent to form a Defense Against the Dark Arts Club. We found out that girls are allowed to roam and root around the boys' dormitories, but uh, boys can't do the same for the girls. Girls wouldn't. Like, why? We wouldn't go in the boys' dormitory. Mm-hmm. It's gross and stinky. Uh, Hermione has a contingency plan for the secret Defense Against the Dark Arts group. Everyone that signed their par- signed her parchment and uh, tending to join in the group will get horrible warts if they blab to anyone. Uh, Hedwig shows up in the middle of history and magic class with a note for Harry, and Hedwig is injured. So the lines of communication between Hogwarts and the Order of the Phoenix are getting increasingly dangerous. Uh, Neville tries to fight Draco and all of his cronies for a comment that Draco makes. Trelawney is having a nervous breakdown. Sirius shows up for another fireside chat and nearly gets caught by the hand of Umbridge inside the flu network. That sums it up. And I did all that while dogs are just running around me like morons. Just <laughs> idiots. They're having fun. Uh, chapter 18, Dumbledore's Army. You mentioned you have a Dumbledore's Army decal on your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your uh, affinity for Dumbledore's Army? Or do you just like the logo? Um, I want, well, particularly when I was shopping for that decal, I wanted something that was Harry Potter but didn't like scream harry potter i mm. wanted people only to get it if they were like real fans gotcha. so i didn't want to just be like the lightning bolt scar everybody knows lightning bolt scar you wanted to express your fandom but you wanted to do it in a unique way yeah the more subtle way and more of like when people saw it i know it was like a test if you saw it and you understood it then you're a true fan mm. kind of thing very Ravenclaw of you. It's like a, a riddle. It's like, I will be friends with you if you can answer these riddles three. If you can name all the decals on the back of my car. And most people can't. Like, even after work the other day, the manager stopped me and she said, I know all of them but this one. Mm-hmm. And so she had, you know, she knew all the fandom. Which one was it? Like a Shadowhunters thing? It was or the Shadowhunters like that? one. That's the one that trips everybody up. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows the, the rune from Shadowhunters. Um, I'm familiar with it, but I've never seen the movies or the show or read the books, but just from people asking me, just being in your, uh, general vicinity, I've absorbed some knowledge. When I had all the decals on my laptop too, we got stopped at the airport because the, Mm. the security guy saw it and was like, I know all of them, but that one, what's that one? I thought you were going to say he went, nerds! No, he did not. <laughs> like that guy from Revenge of the Nerds. He hates nerds so much. <laughs> He's so angry about it. Uh, Gen X people know what I'm talking about, but most, Nobody most of you 
millennials, Gen Zers have no idea what Revenge of the Nerds is, but that's okay. Uh, we start off charms class with Professor Flitwick, and someone needs to call PETA because the boys are just torturing these poor toads. <laughs> torturing them? Harry is squeezing the toad so hard that its eyes are popping he out. He didn't mean to do it. He and got then, mad while he was holding and it. And then Ron just pokes one in the eye <laughs> with a wand. Also an accident. You've never accidentally gone to pet one of the dogs and poked him in the eye? <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 me too. I have. <laughs> so a lot of poor treatment of uh, animals here. But uh, Angelina has good news. The Slytherin team won't just have to win every game by forfeit because the Gryffindor Quidditch team has been given permission to return. We're back. Hit that DJ air horn for me. <laughs> I almost hit the... <laughs> it was an accident. That would be if the Hufflepuff team got permission to to start playing again. You would do that just to troll me. Uh, we're getting closer to having our first secret defense against the dark arts class, but Hermione is having a bit of a crisis of faith now, isn't she? Considering this class, she's not wrong. What's her reasoning? She she was all gung ho for it. She, it was her idea. She thought it was a great idea until. Sirius agreed with her. Mm. Now she's rethinking the whole the whole plan. Hermione just doesn't think very highly of Sirius, it seems. No. And I have to say, like, I like Sirius. Sirius is a very popular character, mm. but also he's not an adult. Like, he mm. just he can't be thought of as an adult. Well, I mean, let's be fair, though. Most of his adulting years were spent inside the most horrible prison on the face of the earth, where they literally suck the, the soul and the will to live from your body. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that idea that, you know, he didn't get to grow up, but people need to stop acting like he's an adult. You know, the... Uh, he the, needs to the sit un- at the kids' table. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. Yeah. For those of you that haven't seen it, she's... The premise of the story is that she's kept in this bunker... For you know, many years of her young she, life, yeah, kidnapped as a child, yeah, kidnapped and kept in this bunker uh, by this like fanat- cult fanatical leader, and she gets out and she never learned how to be an adult. So she's out in the real world now. She's even living in New York City, and go and just goes to the candy store and gets candy for dinner <laughs> because mm-hmm. she's an adult now and she has money to do things, but she never learned. To be an adult. And she missed out on a lot of her childhood. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to do those things. She's like, I don't remember a specific, but she wanted to, you know, go to a dance because she never got to go to a dance Mm -hmm. when she was a kid and that kind of thing. I talk about that with with us uh, Gen Xers all the time. You know, we didn't, we weren't poor growing up, but, and you know, we... My parents worked their butts off. They we had we had good Christmases. We had clothes on our backs. We played sports, but we didn't. You know, we weren't. We didn't get whatever we wanted. Like a lot of kids I know, we weren't poor, yeah. but our parents wouldn't spend any money. Yeah. Um. You know, we never got Happy Meals or no, anything like no that. Happy Meals. Um, Rarely we, ever ate out. We went to the we went to the zoo a lot because the zoo here in St. Louis is free, and you bring your own food, and you can. 
you know, but we never got to ride the train at the zoo or the carousel at the zoo because that <laughs> that costs money. And you know, it we would get like the free tickets to the baseball game for like good grades, and you know, we would bring our own hot dogs, you know, wrapped we, up. And, we got our free tickets to the baseball game with. Something, some promo with Jolly Ranchers. Like, if you uh, ate enough Jolly Ranchers, you got free incense <laughs> and stuff. You got free tickets to the baseball game. Amazing. I remember eating a lot of Jolly Ranchers. Uh, we, we had the free tickets from, from school, and then we also, like, Hunter Hot Dogs had, like, you bought, like, so many of those, like, uh, uh, those cancer dogs that are like a dollar <laughs> for, like, a pack of 30 of them. You got, like, free, free baseball tickets. But, you know, it just kind of, we had good childhoods, but we never had like brand name cereal and you know happy they were meals very and stuff like frugal that. About the day to day stuff, yeah. Like you said, we had a good Christmas, yeah. Not over the top, but now by that, any means. But now that we're older and we have money, <laughs> you know, I'm getting the Fruit Loops and yeah. the Lucky Charms and. Your boy's in his 40s, but he's going to get a Happy Meal when there's Avengers toys, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, it, it's... Sirius, you're right. He's not an adult, especially in the environment that they're in right now where the stakes are so high. In, in the sense that he probably needs to be, but he never got the proper development into adulthood, I don't think. And I... I'm sure Hermione is smart enough to recognize that, but it doesn't mean that she has to accept it and just go along with it. Well, I think that she recognizes it, and that's why she can see these things. She's mm-hmm. like, he is rather reckless. He is not doing well being cooped up. We maybe shouldn't trust his judgment. If he thinks this is a good idea... But he also thinks it's a good idea to pop into the fireplace anytime he feels like it. Or show and up and get wandering around in dog form in Hogsmeade. Yeah. Or then walk Harry to the... He has a track record of not having King's the Cross. best. Yeah. Even when he showed up in the very beginning, like when he first showed up, it was really not the beginning of the story, but um, he kind of went back and forth between being very level-headed and being like a, a bit crazy, a crazy yeah. person yeah he kind of bounced back and forth yeah he was ready to uh to kill Pettigrew mm-hmm. and and he was kind of mumbling and incoherent yeah. and then later Lupin he was like kinda, perfectly sane Lupin was, had to kind of walk you know talk him off the ledge a little bit but you know he he, he serious was still sunken in and you know from from Azkaban and being on the run it was not a good time for him. And he's had more time to adjust, but it's still... But he still hasn't had a normal no, life. He's he still, went from coming out of Azkaban to being up. on the run, <laughs> and the Dark Lord's back, and everybody's Cooped up in the house with the screaming portrait and the racist elf. <laughs> yeah, there's not. it's not great for Sirius right now. Uh, the thing that, that kind of caught me off guard is that Harry gets really defensive about what Hermione is saying here about Sirius. And this is just another example of kind of the... I've talked about it all throughout this book, the roller coaster of emotions that Harry is, is really on in this book. He's goes from being really mad at Sirius to defending him, and then he's mad at his friends for even suggesting the secret defense against the dark arts class, and then he thinks it's a great idea. Harry is just 
wishy-washy isn't fair. It's Harry is just having a hard time processing everything here because there's a lot going on. And he's just a kid still. And he's been through something very traumatic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he might have a few seconds where he thinks his life is normal and then he's having to carve into his own skin Mm -hmm. because the teacher's mad at him for something stupid that, you know... For telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just, he's very, Harry continues to be very up and down with everything. Uh, you're smiling at me right now. I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> the dog is behind me and he has a squeak toy in his mouth. Ready, I'm waiting. I ready keep to, waiting Ready to squeak. unload. <laughs> he keeps picking it up and then dropping it. And he's just looking at me with that little <laughs> sly face. You ever seen those videos of cats where they just go up something and they just knock it off the table and they, they just look at you and you say, don't do it. And they just give you that little grin and just knock it off the table because cats are evil. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Nightwing's not evil. He's just, he's like serious. He he hasn't really grown. No, up. he has not grown. <laughs> he will never grow up. He's a four-year-old puppy. He is. He has no... No chill. No chill <laughs> whatsoever. No chill. You can tire him out physically, but... I, his brain has has no chill. It, at least it it is a toy that doesn't make a loud squeak. That's part of what infuriates me about him at times, but also part of what makes him so Endearing, lovable yeah. at times. You know, we've all got our faults. I can't put the little straws in the Capri Suns, so we've <laughs> all got our things that <laughs> that we need to work on. Uh, that's my nightmare. Every every day at lunch, this same kid just hands me his Capri Sun. And it's not even a Capri Sun. It's one of those Kool-Aid jammers. And I don't think the co- people at Kool-Aid like properly perforate the little circle. So I'm stabbing this <laughs> plastic straw that has just a, the tiniest bit of, a, of an angle to it that's supposed to pierce through uh, the unpierceable uh, perforation uh, where the, the liquid's supposed to come out. And I try to do it without shooting the whole liquid to the, the ceiling of the cafeteria. We've all got our faults. I'll go to the store later. I'll buy a pack of Capri Suns and we'll I'll just practice. Lesson. I'll give you a lesson. I'll just practice. I'll just sit down for hours and just... Well, it'll I be was, like a Rocky training I was montage. just going to get one package. I wasn't... Rising up back on the street. <laughs> Did my time, took my chances. Pop, pop. <laughs> Uh, we're getting way we're off really track. Struggling we're getting today. Re- way, re- way off track here, but that's part of the fun here. Uh, for those of you that are new listening to the show, that's part of what we do here is that we we have fun and we do it in a as PG manner as possible, so that everybody in the in the house can enjoy it. Uh, let's see here. I got a question about Peeves. Yeah. Um, why is Peeves allowed to just not only pester the student body? But actually pour, like, whole bottles of ink on them. Like, why is Peeves just allowed to just freewheeling, like, do whatever he wants at Hogwarts? He's a poltergeist. But can't they just, like... Okay, you're you're just being a horrible... You're just being a jerk. You're banished from Hogwarts. Can't, like, Dumbledore do that or lock him in one of those, like, Ghostbusters containment units or something like that? Um, Mark, Ghostbusters on your bingo board uh no no i don't think you can i don't think dumbledore, dumbledore the most powerful wizard in the world 
Uh, he listens to Dumbledore, though. Can't Dumbledore tell him to s- knock it off? <laughs> Maybe. Peeves is just, he's just wreaking havoc. He's a poltergeist. That's what they do. It's their nature. Don't don't we have a a, a ghost like teaching classes here? Those are, that's a ghost. It's different. Pardon me. It's different. <laughs> okay, I, maybe I don't understand. Explain. Like a poltergeist, that's what they do. They cause mischief and they cause mayhem and they they're the ones that slam things around and cause problems. But it's called the movie's called Ghostbusters. It's not Poltergeist Busters. Yeah, but they're just and they're busting ghosts that are. So technically, they're, the title is wrong. Everything we know is wrong. They're not busting ghosts. They're busting poltergeists. I mean, there's probably some ghosts. Answer the question. <laughs> some innocent ghosts get busted. <laughs> they're just teaching teaching <laughs> class teaching at a wizarding class, at a wizarding school. <laughs> just reading on the park bench. It, people don't like any anything, any ghosts or poltergeists. People don't like anything that's different monster, from, yes. from them. So let's, they want let's to go away. Honest. So even if that ghost is minding their own business, but you just see the, the reflection every once in a while, like, ugh, nope, they gotta go. So what you're saying is Ghostbusters is really like an allegory for for human beings, like life in general. People don't like anything that's different from them. It's yeah. it's it's all about it's a it, it's a take on racism. It's a take on sexism. It's a take a take on uh, you know. It's even relevant today with you know uh, people's People being so upset about transgender people. Um, Ghostbusters was came out in like 1984, way ahead of its time, is what you're saying. I didn't know that's I, what I was saying. I think that's what you said. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> sure, Daniel. Like, is that what you think? I don't know, I guess. I guess. I'm, he, people don't like things that are different. Well, Harry's scar begins to hurt again, but it seems that he's at least getting a little bit more of an understanding about what's going on when this happens. A little bit. I felt like a lot bit. Well, what's uh, Harry kind of uh, surmising here? He, like, he's, uh, Ron asks him after everybody else leaves, and like, what, what happened? Is it hurting again? Does that mean he's here? And Harry's just like, no, it means he's angry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm holding my head. <laughs> You're like doing like the old Johnny Carson like Karnak thing where he held the the envelope to his head and then he would open it for the the if under under the age of forty you have no idea maybe under the age of like forty five you have no idea what I'm talking about but anyway so back to this no it means he's angry he wants something and it's not happening soon enough he's getting impatient he like he's just like doing a little. Almost like a prophecy. Ron even mm. says, you give Trania run for her money. Um, he says, I'm not predicting anything. I'm just... It's almost like... Just the, reading his emotions. Yeah. It's like an, emo- an emotional connection to Voldemort. And Harry is just kind of... Has, has learned to pick up on Voldemort's emotions. They said that when Harry's scar hurt in previous chapters, it hurt in a different way, and that told him that Voldemort was pleased about something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now Voldemort's upset about something, so the scar hurts in a different way. So it's not just like a, a, a static pain, it's different readings that Harry is kind of getting based on that pain. Um, I didn't interpret it that way. I interpreted that, it, I mean, it's the same pain, 
like I think the pain is like the window opening, mm. and then some 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 emotions float through. Um, but I feel like it's the same like. Yeah, I thought Harry. Ma- I thought there was a line where Harry said something about well, when it hurt before, it hurt in a different way, or or something like that. But I could I could just be making that up because I do that sometimes. <laughs> I dream very vividly, and sometimes when I wake up, I don't know what's real. So, I mean, I, that could have been something, we, a conversation we had in a dream. You were, Our vision! You were thrashing last night. That oh. just reminded me, I was going to ask you what you were dreaming about, because Robin was like, I'm out of here, and she came over and laid by me. Where it's safe, Because yeah. you were, like, kicking and... Well, thank goodness we have a king-size bed now. We used to have a queen-size bed, and that was very dangerous for everybody. At least you have, like, uh, you know, a little reclusive spot you can go to and be away from my my night terrors that I'm apparently having. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what I was dreaming about. Okay. I was just curious. That reminded me. It turns out, uh, well, before I talk about Dobby, uh, speaking of nodding off just as harry nods off when he's doing homework see that transition there see it uh dobby shows up and he's brought a healed up hedwig and it turns out dobby has been spending a lot of time cleaning gryffindor tower all by himself yeah so the other elves aren't helping him that's not very nice of them jessica they're afraid of hermione's uh clothing booby traps So they don't clean the tower anymore. Dobby has to do it all by himself, and apparently Dobby is having a great time collecting all of the garments. Not all. He says he, he takes some of them, and he takes some for Winky, too. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Dobby said that the other elves are insulted that <laughs> Hermione is trying to trick them into being free. They just they see it as a flat-out insult, like a slap in the face. Slap in the face. And they refuse to clean it because they might accidentally pick up a piece of clothing. Somebody needs to tell them that's not how it works. We've talked about this on previous episodes. That's not how you get free. You have to be presented with the clothing, and I believe you have to be uh, presented with it by the person who is in charge of you. Yeah. I don't I think it would just be a random girl who made some... Uh, crocheted stuff yeah i feel like it has to be the master because otherwise we talked about you could just this. go around and free everybody's yeah. elves <laughs> you're free you're free everybody's free all the elves are just really upset dobby loves being free though yeah it's, it's great. great he's wearing 50 pairs of socks mm-hmm. and 20 hats and must be toasty warm too well, Dobby wants to cheer up Harry in some way and offers to do anything he can to do so. And Harry says what he really needs is a big private room to hold the secret Defense Against the Dark Arts class. And Dobby seems to have the answer, doesn't he? Of course. He tells he tells Harry about the room that appears when he needs to stash Winky, who's been drinking too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, he says, it's the come and go room or the room of requirement. And he tells Harry where to find it, how to find it, and that it'll appear for him. So when Dobby has to use it, Dobby needs a room to let Winky sleep off, you know, too much butterbeer. And it also has, it has like comfy places to nap. It has like, uh, 
I, I guess like anti-alcoholic elixirs. Yeah, and like it was very specific. It had the anti-elixirs for Butterbeer. It had a bed that was her size. Mm-hmm. It it became exactly what he needed. It's literally whatever you require. Mm-hmm. And this jogs Harry's memory that a story that Dumbledore told him mm-hmm. in a previous book at the Yule Ball about how he needed to find a bathroom and he couldn't find one. And then suddenly there was one right there. Yeah, and Dumbledore was talking about how there was, you know, there's obviously still parts of this castle that I'm not aware of because I don't remember there being a bathroom there. But And so Harry kind of puts the, the pieces of that puzzle together. But the actual secret location is of the room is a, seems to be a secret to everybody except for Dobby because Dobby even tells a story about how Filch needed cleaning supplies and oh there's a, a room there oh it has cleaning supplies in it but it's not like Filch is going to that same part of the hallway whenever he needs cleaning supplies apparently including Dumbledore the only people that only person that knows the exact location of this seems to be Dobby which is kind of weird to me it kind of struck me as odd um I think we'll find that other people knew they a similar thing they knew it but they didn't know what it was mm. so if you were Dumbledore and you really needed a bathroom that night and you wandered around and it became a bathroom and you went in and used the bathroom to come out. And the next day you go by and you're like, where was that bathroom? But you don't need it. It's not going to appear again. So you can't find it again. But what I'm saying is Dobby has made the connection between not only what this room is and what it does, but the location to where you go when you have something, when you're in need of something. Which to me seems like a pretty advanced thing to know. I think he's needed it several times, so it's become a pattern for him to use this room several times. Um, also, you know, I just think the house elves kind of have the inside on every nook and cranny mm-hmm. because they clean the place. Gotcha. So it might be something that is discussed amongst them, but the people that live there don't really. Oh, are they know? Pro- might not even talk about it because they it's hasn't none of their business. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times with house elves it seems that they kind of meddle in the business that they are told to and they specifically keep their mouth shut about everything else because that's what they're supposed to do well, it's kind of like that whole thing with servants are not to be seen or mm-hmm. heard they're just there they do their job and they're gone yeah same reason like the, the elves that do a lot of the cleaning in the common rooms at night while everybody else is asleep they come in and they clean mm-hmm so, you know, I don't think there's a lot of crossover interaction. Well, we used the room of requirement for our first meeting of the newly named Dumbledore's Army, DA for short. And we're practicing Harry's number one incantation. <laughs> the one he seems to use in every situation, no matter what he's doing. All the time. Expelliarmus! Unfortunately, we're finding out that there's a lot of work to be done with this group. Yeah. What he, was like your impressions of their their first meeting here? It was a little bit of good, little a uh, little bit of uh, mess. Well, you know, considering they have had a very poor 
run of Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers. Not that surprised. But yeah, it's just a big mix. Some people do okay, some people not so much, some people are doing okay but not consistently. They're just kind of all over the place. The Weasleys are kind of goofing off a of little course. bit. Which does, isn't surprising, but I don't know. I thought that maybe they'd be a little bit more uh, serious for this uh, this first lesson. But maybe this is something that the Weasleys, as older students, this is something that they got down right away and are kind of just ready for what's coming next. Yeah, might be just a little too easy for them, so they they seem to be... They kind of um, decided to come up with ways to challenge themselves. Like, oh, standing across from each other and doing this, it's just way too easy. But they were doing it behind somebody's back and timing it just perfect so that it messed them up when they were doing theirs. That's just, you know, kind of way to make it a little more challenging. Uh, Neville actually performed the spell once, <laughs> kind of. Kind of. When Harry was not paying attention. Yeah. But he did it. Yeah. And that's and that's got to be a good confidence builder on the first day. Mm -hmm. So it looks like this is going to be a bit of a... This is going to be an uphill climb. But we're starting pretty much from square one because we have... Like you said, we haven't had consistent Defense Against the Dark Arts instruction. You know, the, our first instructor had uh, Voldemort hiding in his turban. Uh, another one was a werewolf. Um, another he was decent, but he you know, yeah. was out sick a lot. Uh, another one was just a big phony. Mm -hmm. uh, Lockhart, that is. Uh, another one... Was a Death Eater in disguise. Was, was a Death Eater. Right. <laughs> it's like, who am I forgetting? Oh, yeah. The Death Eater. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we have Umbridge, who is just having him read books. Mm -hmm. So they have, you know, we're on, you know, year five for these kids, you know, who started in Harry's class. And they have had no consistent Defense Against the Dark Arts teaching. Probably the best they got was from Lupin with, you know, the learning how to take care of the Boggarts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Harry's got a lot of work to do here. Lupin's was very, like, I feel like it was very creature-based. Mm-hmm. So, as Which, it was good material, yeah. it didn't really... But if you're going one-on-one -on -one with a, another wizard, especially yeah. one that has battle, uh, been battle-tested, then it's going to, you're going to come out on the you know, short end of the, of the stick. Uh, so, Harry, like I said, Harry's got a lot of work to do here. But he was pretty, uh, at least I know Hermione was uh, pretty pleased with the first... Lesson. I think Harry was too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it'll give him a good base going forward. Uh, anything else you want to say about chapter 18 before we read our email? Ooh, email. Um, yes, I believe we got distracted and kind of skipped over Harry's dream. Mm. We went straight over to Dobby. Gotcha. Um, so, but I think that is kind of important. Go ahead. Harry, when he nodded off during his homework, had a dr dream about. He was rushing down a long hallway towards a door, and if he could just get there, then he could get what he wanted. And then uh, Dobby woke him up. Gotcha. Yeah, that kind of just flew over my head. I didn't even have it in my notes. 
So, good good catch. Good catch. Uh, we ready for the email? Yes. Uh, email comes to us courtesy of broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. You can always send us your emails and we'll answer your questions to the best of our abilities. We will give you a shout out uh, here on the show or uh, just read your comments and tell us what you like uh, about the show and what you're, what you're digging about what Jess and I are putting down here. Uh, this one says, hey, Jess and Dan, I'm Bobby from Illinois. Hey, Bobby. I saw you guys last year at C2E2 and participated in your Harry Potter trivia. Yay! I think I was in the top 20, Ooh. which is pretty good because there, there was, was a lot of there people. Was about, I think we had about four or 500 people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people were teaming up uh, on one device, but top 20, you know, that puts you in pretty high percentile there, Bobby. So first of all, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. And thanks for emailing. Uh, I started listening soon after. I'm currently in the middle of book four. So Bobby's been flying through the material here. Uh, they have the Quidditch World Cup and talk about teams that didn't make the finals, but I don't think they mention America. So my question is, do you think Quidditch is like soccer in America, where in America we still play soccer, but it isn't as big here as it is everywhere else in the world? If so, what kind of sports do you think American Wizards play? My guess is brooms are still involved and there's some sort of racing, either short distance like drag racing or long distance like the Indy 500. What do you guys think? And then I'm going to plug his uh, Instagram here at the end after we talk about that. But what are your thoughts on uh, American involvement in the Quidditch World Cup and uh, how Quidditch plays out? Maybe you know a little bit about this. Uh, maybe it's on Pottermore or something like that. But uh, Quidditch in America. I don't know anything about it. And I actually, like, oddly, researched Quidditch team names mm-hmm. when I was trying to come up with a fantasy football team name. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where my fantasy football name came from. It was actually a Quidditch na- team. Um, but I don't recall anything about American team. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I didn't see it or read it. I just didn't pay attention. I wasn't looking for that information. I was just looking for a cool name. But... Yeah, I'm going to guess it has something to do with it's just not as popular over here. I love the soccer comparison. Yeah. Because the elite soccer in this world is not played in America. We have uh, MLS, which is Major League Soccer, and we're actually uh, getting a team here in St. Louis this year in 2023, uh, which St. Louis is a big soccer market. It always has been. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have several players on the U.S. national team that are from St. Louis. Uh, we have uh, St. Louis University is always a, a nationally ranked soccer uh, program for NCAA. But soccer as a sport, just the fact that we call it soccer, and everybody else in the world calls it football, football. should tell you that soccer is just not as high on the priority list here in America outside of the the four major team sports, that being football, hockey, uh, basketball, and baseball. And, you know, particularly uh, football, you know, is kind of taken over as like the national, uh, our version of American football is kind of taken over as the national pastime here in America. And I think that, that kind of even just disassociates us from soccer even more because everybody else in the world calls it football, but our football is to- a totally different sport, and it's our number one sport 
Football's also their number one sport, but it's a totally different sport from what we consider to be football. Yeah. Uh, we still have a lot of, a lot of kids that play soccer growing up. A lot of, you know, like I said, we've got our own league here in America, but it's not where the, the best players play. The best players play over in Europe. You know, that, that's where the, the top players in the world play, uh, year round, not just in the World Cup. And, when they get older, they'll come over here and make a little bit of money and play where the competition's a little less. And it kind of makes me think that there's probably the same thing with, with Quidditch. You know, there's probably, there probably is Quidditch in the, in the America. And we learned a little bit about the American schools in the, um, Fantastic, Fantastic Beast. Beast movies, but we haven't really like got just a teeny tiny. Yeah. We haven't really amount. gotten like a deep dive into that. Um, you would think that brooms, like Bobby said, would have to be, just because you can fly on them, they would have to be incorporated into the sports in some way. You know, maybe there's like a, maybe it's more like a, like an American football. Maybe where, where it's, you know, they, uh, have to wear pads and helmets and it's more like a, like a rugby style where you're kind of, you know, bashing into each trying other. Trying to knock and, each other off. Yeah. And room. trying to get like, you know, gains like 10 10 20 yards at a time and um, i could i could totally see a, an american football version on brooms yeah and i was, I was trying to picture it while you were explaining and i was thinking it would have to I feel like it would need to be like maybe you don't go so high like you yeah. kind of have like a top net or something mm-hmm. where you can't go over that and so therefore because they're keeping the players kind of more in a compact space you're going to have more of that contact. Mm-hmm. And so then the game is more about, can you knock them off course, knock them off their broom? And you don't want to be falling to their death. So because mm-hmm. it's the height's not as high, it's not as risky, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I could totally see that. Yeah, I would think that brooms would, would definitely be incorporated in some way. Because that's just too cool of a thing to have to not incorporate it into your sport. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, the, the other thing I think is cool is that in the last 10 years or so, a lot of colleges here in America have, air quotes, Quidditch teams. teams. Yeah. And of course, here in 2023, we don't have flying broom technology yet, but they ha- you have to keep the broom in between your legs and you, you run around and... <laughs> You're still you still got the quaffle and you're you're still trying to score points through the the rings. And if you go to some of the the bigger Comic Cons like a C two E two, they'll even have demonstrations, these college teams, they've got really cool uniforms and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's something that actual colleges it's not like a like an NCAA approved sport or anything like that. It's more like a club, but colleges are, are more like an intramural, I guess I would say. You know, colleges will will travel and play against other colleges and do their own fundraising so they can tra- travel and go to these tournaments and things like that. And as geeky as people want to say that is, I think it's awesome. I think it's, you know, just awesome that to get involved in anything that you're you're passionate about, especially something that obviously has athletic components yeah. to it. I mean, they're getting exercise. Uh-huh. They're building team, mm-hmm. building skills and cooperation and you're learning how to work on a team mm-hmm. is all beneficial skills. Yeah, it's all, it's, it's, it's all, 
it's all good no matter no matter what you're doing but especially if it's like an, an athletic endeavor um you know and so, for some people maybe some who were more reserved in high school and didn't weren't confident enough to participate in sports they find they found something that they love that's connected to the harry potter universe and maybe this is like the first time they've ever been on an athletic team or something like that. And it's way less intimidating because yeah. it is in a real sport. Right. That's for fun. You right. know, I mean, oh, they do play games and they keep scoring and have winners and losers and everything, but. And you're around like minded people. It's not too. as intimidating. Yeah. You know, if you play Quidditch in college, it's because you love Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You know, the star of the, of the football or basketball team isn't going out for the Quidditch team. You know, you're you're around a lot of like-minded people, and I'm sure there's still jerks in there, and I'm sure there's people just like in uh, Quidditch in the novels that we're reading. I'm sure there's still people that take it way too seriously, but I would bet that the majority of the people are, you know, pretty easygoing. Yeah, we had, you are talking about convention, C2E2, when we were there, they had a Quidditch team there doing mm-hmm. their thing, and a couple of the girls came over and played harry potter trivia with mm-hmm. us they sat in the front and they played if that was you email us and say that was me <laughs> that was me um we'll give you a shout was... out and we'll plug you'll we'll plug all your quidditch stuff too that was the two girls they were also running around with uh quidditch pikachu pikachu harry potter quidditch harry potter <laughs> yes i've got a i've got a picture like save in my favorites on my phone yeah i ran that. up to him and said can we get a picture with you and we're getting our picture taken. I said, we're doing Harry Potter trivia. It's like, we know. It's on our schedule. We know. I said, no, no, we're doing it. And she goes, I know. <laughs> like, she knew me too. I was like, oh my God. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, I'm going to plug uh, Bobby's here. It said uh, Bobby says, follow my traveling panda on Instagram at pandemonium723. So I follow Bobby on Instagram. Yes. Uh, Bobby has this little panda. Um, and he has pictures with all these celebrities holding the little panda and going to all these cool places like the little panda. You used to do something. With you, Captain Jack. You used to have a little Lego Captain Jack Sparrow for yes. no reason. No reason. And you would just put him into pictures whenever we would go on vacation or something. or Just around town. Yeah. He was at Sam's drinking out of the big soda. He had his, he had his own. Uh... He's like Long John Silver's with us, too. <laughs> of course he was. Eating the Cheddar Bay Biscuit. Uh well, they don't have those at Long John Silver's. That's a red, oh, I red meant lobster. Red Lobster. Just. Sorry, not Long John. Long John Silver's, Silver's has delicious fish and chicken planks, and you can get them crumbly. You can get them extra crumbly. I just have Long John Silver's on the brain, but I meant Red Lobster. You want? You're going to go get Long John Silver's tonight, aren't you? No. You <laughs> get Chinese food. Okay. What are you going to get? What's your go-to order? Honey chicken. Mm. Uh, what kind of rice? Just like fried rice. Fried rice. Yeah. yeah. You, are you a egg roll or crab rangoon? Crab rangoon. Fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My favorite Chinese food is the fortune cookie. <laughs> so uh, follow Bobby. He is a like-minded fellow Harry Potter fan. Give him a follow at Pandemonium. That's P-A-N-D-A. Panda. And then M-O-N-I-U-M 723. And check out the uh, uh, the adventures of the miniature traveling panda and our new good friend bobby so i think it's awesome i follow him on instagram i think you should as well i wonder what happened to captain jack he's he's somewhere he's adventuring 
and had a little little too much Lego rum and had to sleep it off. He's somewhere around. I think had him at work with me a couple of times. Too. Yeah, he had his own Facebook page for a while. Yeah, he did. He, might, he probably still does. So if you yeah, look up does. Lego Jack Sparrow on Facebook, you might see what we're talking about. But thanks to Bobby for listening and uh, following us al- uh, along in this journey. You can send us your emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter and send us uh, direct messages there at broomsticksb. Uh, follow us on Facebook as well, and you can send us messages uh, via Facebook, and we'll give you a shout-out on the air. Jessica, anything to uh, else to say before we go home today? Mm, no. <laughs> you look like... I. No, I don't. No. I'm good. Good. We talked a lot. Well, until next time, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Forget. MissouriComicCon.com. Come see me February 11th, 2023 for Harry Potter Trivia. Until next time, I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. We'll see you then. Bye.